volume one chapter three of the rebel rose by justin mccarthy and rosa campbell prayed this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter three who shall separate us now tell me of your plans she said impulsively what is in your mind what are the prospects of the party i want to understand your ambitions your personal ambition personal ambition he said doubtfully i don't say that a man is bound to shut his mind and heart against such a feeling no i don't go so far as to say that but is it not his duty to foster within himself only that truer and nobler ambition which devotes itself to the real greatness of his country and the abiding happiness of his people there was a ring of the house of commons peroration which did not please lady saxon are you ashamed of acknowledging your personal ambition to me she said turning the full light of her eyes upon his did i not always know you were ambitious did i not always urge you to give your ambition full play you took me at my word then did i not admire you all the more well yes let it be admired did i not admire you all the more because of your ambition ah times and things may have changed but i shall never forget i have never forgotten the days when it was allowed me to share your ambition i share no ambition now yet surely you have conquered for yourself as splendid a position as an englishwoman could achieve you are lady saxon you will be duchess of athelstane yes she answered and the triumph is sweet to me though sometimes sometimes victor i ask myself whether bohemia wasn't a pleasanter place to live in than mayfair i exult in it and i scorn it at the same time for all that sort of thing isn't my highest ambition and never was and you know it but we have dropped the curtain on old scenes my husband cares about nothing except in a dull heavy prosaic way he doesn't care one straw for the highest prize and the highest fame that political life could give i always longed to be the wife and the comrade of a fighting man and now well i don't want to talk of myself i want to talk of you you are meditating a great stroke i know that much i don't ask you what it is i only ask if i can help you in it help me without knowing what it is without asking yes without knowing without asking if you wish it will be enough for me to know that i am helping you in some scheme that holds your heart josephine you deserve my full confidence and you shall have it yes i am sick of being one of a party i am sick of compromise and cold counsel and postponement and and surrender i am determined to make a great radical party and to lead it as i have never yet been able to lead the time has come to appeal to the imagination and the passion of the english people how could such a people be enthusiastic about petty modifications of the suffrage and peddling schemes about local government and county boards we have no longer a great party because we have no longer a great principle i mean to appeal to the english people on behalf of the first step to the creation of a commonwealth of an educated democracy the first step she asked with all the seeming of breathless interest the abolition of the house of lords 
let us have our sovereign and our people the sovereign of the people with no privileged class or chamber to intervene loose the bonds of england and let her go then for the first time we shall see what an english commonwealth is capable of attempting and achieving we shall gather our colonies round us as the bird gathers her young come the three corners of the world in arms and we shall shock them he spoke in a tone kept purposely low and his voice dropped to a whisper now and then as they passed in their walk some other promenaders but his look and manner were full of enthusiasm he always spoke like a man addressing an audience whom he has to persuade and carry with him have you spoken to any one of this as yet she asked not as yet at least not in any distinct way not to lord saxon not to lord saxon he is your husband but you won't mind my saying that he is not a man to warm to such a scheme at least he is not a man with imagination to take to it at once you see it would pull down the house of which he is one day to be a member said lady saxon thoughtfully do you know i don't think such a consideration would influence saxon in the least he said i do him that justice i am sure that if it could only be got into his mind that it would be for the good of england he would give the scheme his heartiest support i hope to be able to convince him that it is for the good of england but i don't believe it would do to flash such a proposal on him at the present moment when it takes shape and he finds that it is a reality he may then come to it he will never come to it lady saxon said firmly you may make up your mind to that victor sooner or later you will have to separate from him you think so i am convinced of it it might be possible perhaps through my influence to pull saxon up to a division on some general declaration of a wish for some reform of that kind she paused beyond that i doubt your influence over him is strong i suppose so i have not cared to exercise it in political matters she seemed to be reflecting i don't know it might be possible to carry him over the crisis which would oust the tories that even would be something worth trying for i suppose it is your idea ultimately to go to the country yes when i have declared my purpose in the house you will not take saxon with you there is bound to be a split of the party well what then if it be strengthened from another source at the worst you can separate from him you will be better without the whigs he looked at her earnestly full of admiration for her courage and her quick decision he could not help thinking to himself if i had such a wife i know what was passing through your mind this moment she said you were thinking how it would be with you if you had a wife with courage and ambition i was indeed how did you know i knew oh well because i was thinking at that moment if i had a husband with courage and ambition well i can help you i think victor i should welcome help from you i know there is one man whom you would like to bring to your side a very different sort of man from my husband there is one man champion said slowly to whom i have even made a sort of overture because he has talents and imagination and any amount of courage and i presume ambition 
and because he has a mind free from stupid tradition and inane party prejudice yes we mean the same man she said composedly are you sure he said with a certain degree of hesitation we both mean mr bellarmin yes you were right just now when you said he had a future i think highly of him he is forming a party which he has purposely pledged to nothing but a name and i do not see why progressive toryism and educated democracy should not be accepted as meaning one and the same thing lady saxon looked keenly into his face to see whether he was speaking these words in irony or sarcasm but he was not he was quite in earnest he had little of the humorist in him he was considering in all gravity whether the two designations might not by bold and clever manipulation be made out to mean the same thing for political purposes what has mr bellarmin said she asked hardly anything so far of course you didn't speak to him yourself oh no that would never do it is too early for that i got a man to open the thing to him in a tentative sort of way who was the man victor tell me the manner in which she took possession of his confidence had a certain fascination for him he had for so long been such a lonely man that her frank assumption of camaraderie and companionship had a sweet and soothing sound in his ears of course i will tell you it was tressel that man victor you have made a mistake bellarmin would never treat as serious anything coming through tressel i believe mr tressel is profoundly serious i think he showed it by his pluck in resigning and standing another contest sir victor said looking at her with puckered brows he did not like being told that he had made a mistake and especially such a mistake very possibly i know little or nothing about him you probably know the real man but the world does not take him seriously and mr bellarmin would not have any way of knowing that you had got at the man's true self no bellarmin would not open his mind to him you must try again and through someone else you are the leader now not i he said with a smile that gave a peculiar sweetness to his melancholy face well josephine tell me the man you would recommend i don't recommend any man i don't think it's a man's office i recommend a woman the smile passed from his face and was succeeded by a look of wonder a woman he said slowly a woman victor the one woman who could be trusted in anything that concerned you i offer you my own wits such as they are for this purpose let me negotiate with mr bellarmin see there he is she stopped suddenly and made champion also stop she looked toward the doorway of stone through which one comes on to the terrace from the interior of the house bellarmin was coming out escorting miss beaton and miss beaton's retinue a peculiar light flashed in lady saxon's eyes as she saw the group you know who the lady is sir victor said in a low tone oh yes i have heard a woman whose friends tell her she is the legitimate queen of england what childish absurdity in days like these too if bellarmin should become devoted to her sir victor said she will not be likely to inspire him with much inclination for the abolition of the house of lords and the cause of a democratic commonwealth lady saxon looked curiously at him once again wondering whether he was not speaking in satire 
but no sir victor was quite in earnest he was considering within himself whether it might not be to the disadvantage of his position if bellarmin were to be taken captive by the feminine representative of divine right and the cause of legitimacy we must intervene lady saxon said with alacrity and emphasis he has had no time yet to be influenced by her he never saw her until to-night perhaps up to this moment sir victor had not been very cordial in his reception of lady saxon's generous offer champion was never much of a believer in the use of the petticoat in politics in spite of his asseveration to lady saxon it was said that more than once in his life he had been strongly under the influence of some woman but that influence had not shown itself in his policy now however as he looked at miss beaton and at bellarmin together and saw how beautiful she was and how young she was he did begin to admit to himself that the intervention of a brilliant and fascinating woman like lady saxon would have some advantage he saw that her eyes were lighted already with the flame of battle he admired her he felt a pride and a new delight in her professed devotion to him they continued their walk you accept my service victor lady saxon asked most cordially i put my trust fully in you speak to bellarmin tell him as much as you like or as little and we are friends and comrades once more friends and comrades once more who shall separate us just then they turned again and came towards miss beaton and bellarmin end of volume one chapter three